Listen. You only think you know Cinder Williams, co-host of the PPC radio show and the Melanated Morning Show. You've seen her in films with some of the goats. You may have even heard her sing her way to the top. You don't have to judge the book by its cover. You can get the book and read it cover to cover. I'm talking about Pink Panty Confessions by Cinder Williams, available in paperback and digital format in all good bookstores. I would probably look in Amazon. Pink Panty Confessions, the book. Cinder Williams here, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 19 of the PPC Podcast. May is so cool and crisp in SoCal. My favorite kind of weather. It takes me back to track and field competitions with my daughter before the sun burnt our backs. And on that note, let's get on with it. People always assume that I am a Mercedes-Benz type of woman. But I can honestly say that I always had my eye on a minivan. Now, I know you're saying, girl, why? Well, having a minivan meant that one day I'd be the neighborhood fun mom, chauffeuring my kid and all her friends to all their functions. And I did that. But not like my friend, mother, and marketing genius. And I'm going to let her tell you all about it. Everybody, introducing Beth Pearson. Beth Pearson, a.k.a. Beth Wagner. Welcome to the PPC Podcast. Thank you guys so much. It's so great to be here. You forgot one other nickname, Cece. Bethy Boo. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) For for those of you who've watched any of my uh, broadcasts, uh, you know that Beth is a longtime friend of mine from, we, we met and when I was a senior in college, she was a junior. So she's been my friend ever since. And um, she's an amazing person. And and as you also know, I having mothers on for the month of May. And I have a special relationship with Beth's son. She has an only son. And I happen to be at his birth. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this will be perfect to have Beth on. So so Beth, as you know, I always start uh, with the childhood of a person, um, and so we can get an idea about who you were to um, help you to become who you are. So can you tell the audience about yourself? Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, mm. um, and in 1967, um, both of my parents, my, da- uh, my dad, is um, a PhD in chemistry. My mom's a PhD in psychology. So I had, you know, the upper middle class upbringing. I've got a brother and a sister. 
And we had, you know, up until I was about mm, 13 or so, then my parents divorced. And we, yeah, we were that, that family on the street, the only divorced family on the street. We were mm. that. Mm. So, you know, um, and it was ugly. It, there was no, there was none of this, you know, um, let's co-parent. Co-parenting didn't exist back mm -hmm. then. You know, it was war. It was war. Everything was war, you know, from physical things to custody. And I was really the youngest in the family. So my uh, siblings were pretty much out of the house by then. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really the person that they fought over. Um, so that being said, um, and my dad actually, my mom went off to live in another state and my dad got sole custody of me. That was always very hard for my mom to take. Cause back in those days, you didn't give sole custody to a father, period. Right. Right. You just didn't. That was not heard of. Um, so that being said, uh, moving forward, as I grew up and that really, I think, if I had to think back, that was a big imprint on what type of mother I was going to be. It was not going to be a mother who ran away. I was not mm -hmm. going to be a mother who I was going to be very active in, in the raising of my son. I was going to go to soccer games. I was going to be on the PTA. I was going to, you know, none of my, you know, my parents worked full time. Again, the only two people on the street who did, but they all worked full time and never fostered any type of after school activities at all. Mm -hmm. So I had to think back, I would say that um, that was a big imprint on, okay, I, I want to be that mom cheering in the stands. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be the mom bringing all the snacks at the soccer game. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to be more involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did you expect to just have one child? Was your, that your plan or did you want more children? I never thought I would just have one child. Um, if, yeah, I, I never thought I would have one child. It just, it was the cards I was dealt and I, I feel blessed to have been able to have him. And I was felt really blessed that I didn't have a girl. <laughs> I'm a better boy mom. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, you know, fart jokes and bathroom humor and, you know, I'll be the person who'll ride the roller coaster and vomit with everyone. And yeah, that's, that's me. That's, that's, that's me. So I'm, I'm it was, God chose well, I should put it that way. God mm -hmm. chose well. Did you ever, uh, could you consider yourself the fun mom then? Oh yeah. I, <laughs> in fact, all of Jordan's friends, because you know, once they hit about 11 and Cindy, I think girls are like this too, they, they start running in packs. Mm -hmm. It's never just one or two of them. It's seven or eight of them, you know, and right. I was always the mom who would, because I had a minivan. Yes, I had a minivan. <laughs> and I'd take seven boys up to uh, Magic Mountain. Um, you know, I, I, I was that, I took them skiing every winter. You know, we'd get up, actually they would sleep in the minivan and I would get up at three o'clock in the morning. We'd be on the mountain by seven and then back down the mountain by 7 p.m. I was that mom. Wow. So, so I know you're a career woman also. So did you, did you work full time when you were a mom or how yeah, you manage I, that? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I was working full time. Jordan went to daycare. I was fortunate enough in his, like between the time he was one and three to have kind of an odd shift where I would go in at like 10 o'clock at night and get off at five o'clock in the morning. So I'd lay down and nap for about 
four hours, but then I was up with him the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. that was, so I got, it got to be, I, I wasn't away from him for 10 hours um, a day, like a lot of working moms are. And then when we moved to San Diego, I worked, um, I worked full time for a little bit, but then, um, then I worked part time and was able, once he got into school uh, in the earlier parts of school, like I think third grade, I think I went part time. Mm-hmm. And I worked part time up and through when he was, I think in high, when he went into high school, I think I went back to full time. Yeah. So, by the time they're in high school, they're not so right. ninety. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. You're basically a, a, a you know until they get the driver's license. Basically, you're a chauffeur. That's about right. it. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You're a bank and you're a chauffeur. Right. How'd you so, feel about that transition? From when he went to from when mm-hmm. I when I gave up my chauffeur's license. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will say this, and I tell parents who have uh, early teens now, he and that the commuting to and from school. What were some of the best conversations I've ever had with him? You know, mm-hmm. coming back from school, I'd always get a sense of his energy and what happened that day. And he talked to me. It was it it was our one-on-one time that we got to share, compress, talk. No one else. You know, you're in the bubble of your car. There's no one else around. And I re- I, I cherish those moments because once he got his driver's license, I didn't need to drive him around anymore, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I found I had to like make coffee appointments with him so that mm-hmm. we, could, we could visit. But, you know, he, and you know, it's, it's all about friends when they're that age, but he did, right. he, he gave me the courtesy of, of penciling me in for coffee once a week. So we get to, <laughs> to share. Wow. So, okay. And one thing I do know, because since I do know you, um, there was a difference in your household when it came to a religious background. And I always wondered about that. I mean, um, my daughter's uh, dad wasn't religious at all, but he wasn't any other religion. But I know that that Aaron uh, is Jewish and, and mm-hmm. you were Christian. So how did how did that work out that- in your family dynamic? So I have known a lot of, and this is an opinion, this is my opinion, and mm-hmm. I've met a lot of, you know, mixed faith relationships in the past, and an overwhelming amount of people want to raise their children with both being informed on both religions and let them choose as an adult. It is strictly my opinion. I did. I feel your religious foundation is a gift. It's a mm-hmm. gift a parent gives a child. They can grow up and throw it all out the window, but I. I, I know for me, and I'm, I don't go to church, but my faith is something that's super important to me. Like when I've been in the lowest points of my life, my faith is what sees me through. When I've been struggling and going through a lot, I can go to church and I feel like there's a community there that there's no agenda. I don't know if there is agenda. I just don't feel it, you know? Right. And they're accepting. And so I, I really, and, and Aaron would have, hear none of Jordan being a Christian. And I didn't, it, I'm not religious, so that didn't bother me. But I did want to give him a, a foundation of faith that he knew that he was Jewish. And everything that that meant from his bar, well, he had to convert because I'm a Christian and I'm his mother. So right. to be really viewed by the Jewish community as a full, um, a bar mitzvah Jewish man, you have to convert. So he had to convert to Judaism when he was, I think he that was he did that when he was like 11 and mm-hmm. then he was bar mitzvah. 
So, mm-hmm. and if you ask, I mean, look, my whole family just celebrates Christmas. So when we mm-hmm. go see my my sister, my, my side of the family, you know, there's trees, there's stockings, there's carols, there's everything, you know? So mm-hmm. he, he understands what it is, mm-hmm. but if you ask him, you know, what, what religion, what faith are you? He would say, no, I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. and again, I've, I don't say that the other way is 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 not right. People feel very comfortable. It wasn't right for me. It wasn't right mm-hmm. for me. I, I wanted to give him that that faith as a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even and though I don't went, practice it. He went to Jewish schools, right? Yes. So he was mm-hmm. um as a third grade through twelfth, he went um he went to a San Diego Jewish Academy, um, learned Hebrew, um, went through his bar mitzvah there and then joined a Jewish fraternity when he went um, off to college. So, wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know there was such a thing as as a, a fraternity for certain religions. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically for, but I think all of his brothers are Jewish. In, wow. In fraternity. Okay, so as an adult, now he's a man now, so yes. do you feel like he's still, you know, is he still going, I don't know what it's called, is it called temple? Is he still mm-hmm. going and doing all that, participating? He, so on high holidays, now remember he's 26, so, right. Um, but no, on, on the high holidays, um, he'll come down here, he still has a huge Jewish um, friend group, and they celebrate all the high holidays. They'll do Passover, they'll do Rosh Hashanah, they'll do Yom Kippur, and they'll do Hanukkah. So I think those are the top highest Jewish holidays. And yes, he does he does practice all of them. Typically down mm-hmm. here in San Diego, he'll he'll do it. When he was before he left for college, he would practice Shabbat um, on on a very consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, that that is really cool that you. Though it wasn't your background, you you thought enough about your son to give him a, a foundation. I, I had a different experience because I, you know, I grew up in a mm-hmm. deep, deeply in the church and um, it was kind of forced on me. And though I received a lot, I also a lot hurt, hurt me that a lot mm-hmm. of the experience hurt me. Um, so I didn't really force Sophia, but I did teach her and I did try to find churches and we did go to church and stuff like that. Uh, like I said, her father wasn't religious at all. So, um, you know, I, th- I think she has a foundation, but it was definitely a different experience. But I, I wish I could have found a church and stayed somewhere so she had mm-hmm. that kind of community. Because that's what, mm-hmm. for me, that whole thing does more than anything. It's a community. Mm-hmm. It's community. Um, and and a, a moral foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what a person does with it, who knows? Because some of the most religious children turn out to do some really interesting things as adults. So you never know what's going to happen. But at least they're thinking about it. So, well, I think one um, of the things that steeped I think one of the things that steeped him him so much in that is because he did go to a religious school. You know, right. he was surrounded by religion at every angle. You know, they 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 from the time he was a third grader, they celebrated Shabbat every Friday and and so because they had um Orthodox Jews who went to that to the academy. It was a kosher campus. You know, trust and believe Friday everyone was gone before mm-hmm. the sun was down you know there were no sports on fridays there were no so it was so they really practiced that that was all he knew you mm-hmm. know eight hours of every day so um so so let me ask you this so as a as a mother i know that you know 
people period go through phases in their lives uh, some phases more difficult than others i know i've definitely experienced this with my daughter and um what do you do for him to support him when he's because now he's a man so he's how man. do you what do you feel like is great advice for for parents with grown children um when they're going through difficulties um i i think and i think this would start when they're little and it's hard as a parent we have so many you know our, our babies are an extension of us you know and so when they hurt we hurt twice as bad mm. but sometimes I, I i really had to practice this because cindy you know i'm in sales so i'm a, I, i don't always listen because i'm always blabbing Blah, 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 blah. You know, so I really had to practice the art of listening and just shut up, be quiet and listen. And that, I think, has built a very, uh, a very closeness between us because he knows he can tell me anything and he has. And um, but that takes a lot of self-restraint as a parent. To not mm -hmm. over, not sometimes, not just not overreact, but sometimes don't even react. Just mm -hmm. listen and be still. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really hard for them to get to get the truth out. You know, they're bubbling up with emotion and, and barfing up all this stuff that you know. What is that? That is not true. But okay. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's it's their it's their form of of because they don't have the mature maturity enough to be able to process their emotions process so my advice would be listen just breathe and listen and you'll get you know you you form a very unique bond i think with your child and it's the hardest thing to do because that that soul that you made is struggling mm -hmm. and we want to fix it Right. And sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just being a good ear to fall on and not judging and just letting sometimes they got to learn. And that's the hardest. I would say that's the hardest thing as a parent to watch your child struggle. But, but they're learning. They're pushing through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have that issue because, you know, Sophia and I, it was us against the world for a long mm -hmm. time. And I just, you know, want to fix, you know, what can mm -hmm. I do to help? What can I do to help? Yep. And sometimes the best way to help is just to not help. Just to be yep. quiet, sit down, let them li live their lives. And for me, prayer, you know, and visualization, yep. I, I try to, you know, s instead of allowing my worries or concerns to bog down my, my thoughts about her, I try to see her in the best possible happy light. You know, see right. her smiling, smiling with those eyes, see her, mm -hmm. you know, shining brightly because this is her path not mine right and, and I always say I borrowed her you know I, I call her my daughter quote unquote but she's she's herself she's not mine right. I don't possess her so you know sometimes I think parents forget that they don't possess their children just because they had their children they don't possess them their lives are their own so it's really important to allow them to grow and yeah. that's hard it's hard when it, you think it, you know better <laughs> right right well and it's the only thing that the only reason that we have it's not that we know better we just have more experience mm -hmm. because we live longer that's it 
And I would also say, I, I, I don't remember this being so prevalent when you and I were kids, Cindy, but woo, when Jordan was, was going through his, you know, his school years, you know, I saw so many parents use their children as, as like a trophy, you mm. know? And I don't remember feeling that way as a kid. You know, mm. my parents, you know, we were, we were the kids. That's right. it. Right. You know, we weren't their calling card to, you know, I don't, my, my parents, you know, oh, she's this in ballet. And she, you know, I, first of all, we didn't get ballet. We didn't get perfect or, you know, competitive soccer. We didn't get violin lessons. We didn't get, you know, none mm. of that. Right. You know? We were after school, get your butt home, get your chores done, put the the, the dinner on and watch mm-hmm. TV. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, the generations are different and you can see the difference in, in the way they think and the way they behave because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, well, there's so much more we could talk about, but I, I think that that's going to be helpful to somebody this conversation thank you so much for joining me today yes thank um, you guys. and sometime i'll have you back on talking about more about you uh because i uh, think your life life is very interesting all right thank you so much right. Beth. i love you love you too thank you oh by, by the way everybody if you want to hear more from her you can come and hang out with us may 18th from 2 to 3 eastern on www.thegrownfolksradio.com or facebook youtube live um, so please join us then all right thank you babe thank you I have so much respect for working moms. I honestly don't know how they do it. I mean, I worked, but I worked at my daughter's school so I could be there. It was not a high-powered job. But when a woman decides to manage her time in such a way to not only bring home the bacon, but to be present in her children's life, And sometimes being present isn't always about the external extracurricular activities. For me, it's those those private, quiet conversations when you're eye to eye with your children, with respect and love flowing over that means the most. When a child's Trust is is so real. In this case, their trust in their mother. When the boundaries are set and when the security is there, oh, there's nothing like it. I'll never forget when my daughter at five years old said to me, Mommy, you make me feel safe. My heart skipped a beat. And in spite of all my fears of failure, I knew I was doing some things right. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. And I want to say thank you to my friend Beth for joining me on this podcast and sharing her story about her beautiful son. If you want to hear more from her, 
Check us out on May 18th, that's 2 to 3 Eastern, on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, Facebook, or YouTube. That's always a Wednesday, May 18th. Thank you again to DJ Kid Disco for always hooking me up with production and wonderful music. God bless you all. Until next time, that's a wrap. 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 Rap, 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 rap. Hi, this is Cinda, and I want to tell you about the PPC Radio Show. Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern, DJ Kid Disco, Shelly Shell Williams, and I sit down and talk with wonderful guests from all over the world. We talk about how to survive healing your heart and everything in between. So go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com to listen in, or you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube. That's the PPC Radio Show from 2 to 3 Eastern. See you there.